You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. Take your Bibles, please, tonight, if you would. The book of Luke, Luke chapter number 16, and love that song. Thank you, ladies, for singing that. I, that's one of the greatest uh, uh, tags of a song. I love that. I know that's probably a weird thing to say, but when it says, I, now I know the cross means everything, and it's my greatest honor to sing about the cross. I love that. It gives me chill bumps every time, and so thank you so much, ladies. You did a great job there. Luke chapter number 16 in your Bibles tonight. And I want to preach on probably the most sensitive subject in churches to preach on. The, the, the subject that most preachers shy away from preaching about. The subject that many churches get labeled about preaching about uh, as if that's the only thing you guys care about. What am I preaching about? Drinking. No, I'm kidding. We're preaching about money tonight, all right? And, uh, but I, we're, we're looking at our, at our series on strengthening the church. What, what strengthens a church? Uh, and, and we've looked at many of these things, and we're getting to, to the close of our series here. But as we're looking tonight, we've, we've looked at how prayer strengthens the church. We've looked at how outreach strengthens the church. We've looked at how inreach, ministering to the people within our church, strengthens our church, and, and many other things. But tonight, I want to look at strengthening the church through giving. Through giving. Now, I will just tell you right up front, I don't have a problem preaching and teaching on giving because of two reasons. First of all, well, I guess three. It's commanded by God. Secondly, I don't feel like I am money hungry at all. I'm not trying to say, you know, just sow your seed of $5 to the account of Eli Reynolds. And I don't, I'm not doing that. But I also know that to not preach on giving is to not preach on the whole counsel, the word of God. And it doesn't benefit you. If I don't preach on it and teach on it. So, and we've got a lot of newer people in our church that may say, well, what does it mean to give? How do you give and all that? So I want to go through some things tonight that I believe will be a help to our church and, and hopefully informative to many of us. And uh, it, do, it does seem, it does seem like a lot of churches, uh, it, it can seem this way, that, that uh, everybody behind a pulpit is begging for money in some sense of the word. Uh, you know, if you and, and televangelists have not helped us at all because they're notorious, first of all, for being false teachers, but they're also notorious for for just really being greedy of gain. And and that's not what we're talking about today. We're looking at what the Bible says, what God says, and uh, that's where we're always going to go back to. We're always going to go back to what does God say about something. And so, if what somebody on TV or another church says is contrary to what God says, then we believe what the Bible says. Amen? All right. So just making sure we go about that. And by the way, you say, well, well, every time I go to church, all they're talking about is money. First of all, you ain't going to our church because we hardly ever talk about it. But I would say this, go to McDonald's and order a Happy Meal. You know what they're going to talk to you about? Money. You go to the gas station to fill up your car. You know what they're going to tell you? You need $1,000 to get gas here. I mean, it is so expensive, right? But uh, what I'm saying is, it, it, if money is such a central part of our life, th then God's not going to ignore that. He's going to teach us about this. So let's have that uh, understanding as we go forward here. Luke chapter 16, verse 10. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. 
And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon. What's mammon? We don't use that word. It's worldly wealth. Worldly wealth. If you haven't been faithful in the unrighteous worldly wealth, mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? You understand there there are better riches out there than money? That's not a true rich. That's not a true rich. That's not even a, a phrase. But there, that's not true riches, just because you have paper money or gold in your bank. God says, no, there are much greater riches in this world than just money in your pocket. <clears throat> and it says there uh, in verse 12, and if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, everything you have has been given to you by God, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. So here's what he's saying. Ye cannot. Jesus is saying you cannot do something. It is not possible for you to do this. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and worldly wealth. You can't do it. You either live your life trying to become rich and living in that fashion, or you can live for God, but you cannot do both things. And again, it's not wrong to have money. That's not what it's saying there but you cannot serve it. And so uh, we're looking at this tonight about this issue of giving. And so let's look at some scriptural things. Hope to be an encouragement to you. Father, bless, I pray, our, uh, our time together on the word of God. Would you give us instruction? In Jesus' name I pray, amen. It takes money to operate anything going forward. You get in your car, it takes money to operate. You say, well, I've got a Tesla. Got a couple folks in here with Teslas, and it doesn't take gas. Guess what? Electricity takes money too, okay? And, uh, it, it, but what you, I, I've got an e-bike. Well, you got to charge that thing, don't you? I've got a bicycle. Well, it costs money to buy it. Something, you know, it, anything going forward costs money. If a church is going forward for God, there's going to be money spent. And so we have to understand that. Most of Jesus' parables dealt with money. Why? Because he was concerned with your heart. And he knew what a grip money can have on people. That's why people shy away from talking about it. Because we know that there are only a few things that really get people riled up. And one of them is when we start talking about finances. Someone talked about the value of a dollar one time. A dollar spent for lunch lasts five hours. That's if you can find a lunch where you can buy for a dollar. There's not even dollar menus at the store anymore. A dollar spent for a necktie, first of all, is a cheap necktie, but it lasts five weeks, maybe. A dollar spent for gas lasts you about ten minutes on the road. But a dollar spent in God's service lasts eternity. Lasts for eternity. So, uh, Christians, we we have to have the proper and correct insight regarding uh, scriptural stewardship and giving. And there's no way in the brief time that we have today I'm going to cover it all. But I want to focus on a couple things. I want to give you some practical thoughts about giving. First of all, take your Bible, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, if you would, in the Old Testament there. Proverbs chapter number 3, middle of your Bible is Psalms. Go one book to the right after you find Psalms, and there is Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3. I want to say, first of all, I want to give you three thoughts tonight. First of all, I want to say this. Giving is not just about money. When we see giving in the Bible, it's not only about money. There are more things to give than money. But I want you to see that, that 
this church that we have here, our, our church and any church, could not effectively run without God's people giving certain things. And it's supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be when you come to church. Yes, many people, like Sunday morning, we'll have many people that come to church to get. They come to church to, to, to get something from the message, to get something from God, to get something from their brothers and sisters in Christ, to get encouragement, to get exhortation, to get sometimes, you know, reproof from the Word of God. And, and that's fine. They can come to, to, to get. Everybody should be getting something, I agree. But, but when we come to church, it ought to be to give. But, but give what? Is there more than money? Absolutely. You can give in many other ways. Giving your talent back to God. Giving your talent to God. We had three young ladies with beautiful voices stood up here tonight. Did a fan Well, one of them didn't do great at all. But the other two did fantastic. I'm just kidding. Now they're going to be like, who was it? It was me. No, they were all three fantastic. They practiced. They're using their talent. There's some people, you can't sing a lick. And that's okay. You don't have to have every talent, okay? And you say, well, how do you know that? Because I, I hear you from the pulpit when you're singing. And I'm like, my soul, I wish they'd stop. No, I'm just kidding. I don't hear any of that, all right? All I hear is my own loud voice breaking and cracking as I'm trying to sing, okay? I'm standing next to Brother Mike. I can't even hear Brother DeHaro sing. Do you sing or do you lip sing? Let's just be honest before everybody right now. He lip syncs, okay. His wife's voice makes up for his, right? But anyway... But, you know, you may, and oftentimes when we think about talents, we only think of musical ability. How many of you play a musical instrument? The radio doesn't count, okay? All right. How many of you, you feel like you can carry a tune? You can, you can sing. Maybe it's not your greatest strength, but you can. Okay. How many of you say, Pastor, I have no musical ability whatsoever? Okay. A, a vast number of you. And knowing you, I'd say, yes, that's true. No, I'm kidding. But I don't really know. But you know what? There are so many more talents than just singing. You know, we list talents. Well, you know, you can give your talents to God, playing the piano, or singing a solo, or playing in the orchestra. I see people in our church using their talents every week of my life. I see people that know how to work with people. That's a talent. I watch Brother Jeff and others deal with people. I watch the guy come in. We have, we have rules in our church about backpacks. People can't bring backpacks in the church. Say, why? This is 2023, and you never know what's in the backpack, all right? But I see people deal with that in such a way that I'm like, wow, that was great. I see our, 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 our ministry over here, out here on Saturdays as they come in and our, 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 uh, our uh, what, what do we call it, our property team, and they're out here doing wonderful things with landscape. Things that I'm like, I don't know how to do all that. There's repairs that are being done. There's people that know how to work with their hands. There's there'll be a design team meeting. You know, there's all of these things that are going on that people have. You are extremely talented, and oftentimes we just see that as, well, I get to use that in my job. But but don't you realize that God talented you? Talented is that a word? God gave you talents and abilities to use for Him. To use for Him. And if you don't use it effectively in the church, the church suffers. So it could be your talent. It could be time. It takes time to serve. It takes time to come to meetings. It takes time to, to learn a new skill. It takes time to be in your place and to serve in ministries. And, you know, you got to get here at a certain time and you got to do a certain thing. It, it requires, there is, there is more giving that is to be done than just with money. 
your voice, giving your voice to give encouragement to somebody, to speak the gospel to somebody. All of that is what we do at church. We give at church. You may say, well, pastor, I'm like the, the widow woman in the, in the Bible that, that only had two mites to give or whatever. It, it doesn't matter the amount. It matters, are you giving? Are you giving of yourself to God? God wants all of you. Well, I'm shy. Hey, join the crowd. Anybody that preached in this pulpit is, is a little bit intimidated when they get up here. Ask anybody on staff that has preached here. It's a little intimidating. But God wants to use you, so give it to the Lord. Now, I will say, as giving does pertain also to money, how are we supposed to give at church? So this is more informational for some of you that are newer, but look at your Bible at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord. Why are we giving? We're honoring the Lord. Honor the Lord. With what? With, the, with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. The first fruits. The first part of what you bring in in your income. Okay? So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. So God says when you honor God by putting him first, he blesses you. That's just a simple principle. I could show you a bunch of other scripture passages. That's how it's worked. That, that, that's how it works. In the Bible, where does giving start? Giving starts financially with the tithe, T-I-T-H-E. Now, in the Bible, it says that if you don't tithe, you are robbing God. Wow, that's a strong term. Not stealing from God, robbing God. You're taking that which is God. God gives you 100% and says, now give back 10%, and he lets you keep 90. That's pretty generous of God pretty generous of God. So he says, so that's what a tithe is. It means a tenth. So it's 10% of your gross income, not your net. Well, the government took $250 this week. Well, that's, that's the government. But God gets first. So before Uncle Sam takes any, God gets that 10%. What about tax returns, Pastor? I'm expecting to get some money back for my tax returns. Do I have to tithe off that? No, you don't have to tithe off that. I say, why? You already tithed off of it before it went into the government. So, well, you see, now, if I was money hungry, I'd be like, yes, you have to tithe off of that. You know, whatever you do, tithe off of it. No, you don't, because you already tithed off of it. So if, you, if, if, you, if the government's giving you money, wow, take it. No, but if they're giving you, if they're giving you that, then that you've already tithed off that. So well, what about gifts, Pastor? A gift is not your increase. A gift is not your income. So I don't personally believe you have to tithe off of it. Here, 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 let me give you some illustrations of that. There was a pastor I heard about, and I know the pastor. He's a great man. We just differ on this. And someone bought or gave their, one of their kids a car, like an older car, uh, but, but they gave it. I mean, it probably could have resold for two or $3,000. And the pastor said, before you can ever drive that car, you have to tithe off that car. And so the kid has to go to work now. What is he going to get on this bike? You know? and, and, and so what happens when people give you a big gift? Do you have to figure out how much it is? And then say, okay, someone gave me a pair of shoes, and uh, they're Nikes. I think they're probably about $130, so now i got to find that out. And, and somebody gave me a shirt, so now i got to figure out, okay, what does that shirt go for? I don't believe that. I personally don't. And, by the way, our former pastor, Pastor Smith, believes the same as me, okay? So give you some ground there for not just me believing it. Because that's not, the, the word here says of your increase. Increase is the word income. 
And I don't believe a gift falls into that. So I'm just helping you with that. Some people feel, can feel guilty. You know, my aunt left me a house in her will. I got to tithe $50,000. No, you don't. No, that's, that is a gift. And uh, God gives gifts. He doesn't necessarily say, you know, you got to tithe off that. Now, here's another thought. We don't all have to give equally. But we have to give an equal percentage. I believe God is very fair in that. He doesn't say, all right, everybody, your tithe for this year, no matter how much you make, is this much. We're all giving $50,000 this year. No, he doesn't do that. He he gives you a percentage, a tenth, a tenth. I mean, it's very fair of God to do it that way. Someone said, it's not what you do with the million if fortune should e'er be your lot. But what are you doing at present with the dollar and quarter you got? What are you going to do with the little that God has given you? You're going to be faithful with that. And then God can bless you. Pastor, I'm in debt. A lot of people are. Do I still tithe or do I wait till I get out of debt? You tithe. You honor the Lord. Especially if you want to get out of debt. You honor the Lord. That's, that's the first thing you ever do. So here's a principle that I learned a long time ago. God will get his tithe. So well, I'm not giving. I'm not giving to the Lord. Oh, he'll get it. Your water heater busts. Your truck tire goes flat. You're like, Lord, why am I going through these trials? I guess I'm just like Job, suffering for the Lord. No, maybe you need to evaluate and say, what's God trying to tell me? Because he will do that. He will get that tithe. So tithing is the first step. But then giving continues with offerings. Oftentimes, almost every time in the Bible, tithes and offerings are side by side. But they're differentiated. Why? Because your offering is something above the tithe. The tithe is the starting place, but then the offering is above that. And that could be something for special events or special speakers, special needs, or just because you want to give more than your tithe to the Lord. We have opportunities to give, and we never pressure anybody to give. I hope you never feel like I'm pressuring you to give. But uh, on the tithing envelopes, you can give toward debt retirement for uh, uh, the the loan on the building here. You could give towards school scholarships to help uh, young people come to our Christian school, uh, which we have four, uh, four or five young people that want to come to our Christian school this year that have been in public school. And I want to get them out, and I want to get them into Christian school because I believe that is absolutely essential. And so that's what that goes toward. Then missions. Missions is not tithing. Missions goes to help people plant churches around the world. That's an offering above that. So all of that comes, and as you mature, you're able to give more th- to more things. We'll raise money for our homeless ministry. We'll raise money for that, and, and maybe you can give, and maybe you can't. But those opportunities will come up. I read a story about a man who began, uh, he began when he was young, tithing $1 off the $10 that he made. And then he began making $100, and so he, he, he tied the $10 off that $100. And then he made $1,000 a week, and he tied $100 off that $1,000. Then he started making $5,000 a week. God was blessing him, but he thought, I can't tithe $500 off my $5,000. That's too much. So he went to the pastor, and the pastor said, well, let's pray that God brings it back to $10 a week so you can afford to tithe. No, it's God's blessing you. He's entrusting you. But we just read a scripture a moment ago. If he can't trust you with little, why would he give you more? Why would he give you more? He can't trust you to, do, to use your talent for him. Why would he give you more? He can't trust you to use your abilities for him. Why would he help you with increase in that? So giving, first of all, it's not just about money. It encompasses a lot of things, but it does encompass money. But secondly, giving, here's the big thing. Giving is a matter of the heart. Giving is a matter of the heart. 
And, and you can give, you know, you can look around our church and see somebody that hasn't been here, and you can make some cookies or go to Vaughn's and buy a cake and deliver them. That's giving. That's giving. Uh, there's so many ways to give. But giving is a matter of the heart. It's a matter of the heart. Why is it important to give at church? Why is it important to give your time and talents? Go, if you would, to Matthew chapter number 6, please. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter number 6. So why does God want you to give at church? Why does God want you to use your talents and serve him at church in that way. Why does he want that? Why does God want me and you to do those things? I want you to look at this here, what he says. Some familiar scriptures, but let's look at them. Matthew chapter number 6. I never want to assume that you know everything. I want to make sure I'm going through scriptures with you that, that maybe are more common, but maybe are not familiar to everybody. So we're going to look at these. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Jesus, in the greatest message ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, says this, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Here's the principle. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What do you treasure? Where, where is your treasure? And Jesus says, wherever you put your valuable things, that's where your heart's going to go. Wherever you put that which is most valuable, that's where your heart will be. Where your literal treasure is will be where your heart goes. So why does God say get involved at church? Why does God say serve people? Why does God say give at the church house? Because God wants your heart here. He wants your heart in church. He wants your heart wrapped up in the things about him. That's what he wants. It is more about your heart. Your heart goes where you give. You know it's true. When you do something kind for someone, you begin to care more about that person. You reach out to someone and you give of yourself, you begin to care more about that person. We have our, our care team at our church. It's a team that is, that is built to help care for people. And I can only imagine that those of you who serve on that team, the more you do something for others, the more you care about them. You pray about them. You, you see them and something clicks. Oh, there's them and I, and I was trying to help them. You, you begin to care more. Because why? Because your heart went there. Proverbs chapter 4. This is a very, very key verse in Scripture. It says in Proverbs 4.23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep thy heart, Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart with all diligence. It means guard your heart, because out of it are the issues of life. I've never seen Old Faithful, the geyser. Anybody seen that? Have you been to Yellowstone? You've seen it? Cool. All right. Looks, it looks pretty cool. But uh, as you go up to this geyser and, and you're walking, again, I've never been there, but I can imagine as it is shooting forth the water, you know, you could look at that water. You could look at everything that is spread into the air, the, the foam, the mist, the water, and you could say, where did all this come from? And the obvious answer is it came from that geyser. It came from that wellspring. And what God is saying in Scripture is, out of your heart come the issues of life. Everything that we see in your life, we can trace back to it came out of your heart. 
That's what that verse is teaching. All, not all the issues, all the problems I have. No, everything that we see coming out of your life, like a wellspring, everything coming out traces back to your heart. The words you say, the actions you take, the things you think, all of it is traced back to your heart. So everything comes from your heart, and that is what God is always trying to get to, your heart. Look at Matthew chapter 6. Look at verses 1 through 4. You're, you're in Matthew chapter 6 already. Look at verse 1. Take heed that you do not your alms before men, your giving, to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, or your giving, do not sound a trumpet before thee. Here comes the offering plate. Do, 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 do. Everybody look what I'm about to give. As the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men, verily or truly I say unto you, they have their reward. What's their reward? Oh, look at how great these guys are. And God says, no, that's your reward. You get a hand clap, but you don't get it from me because you did it for the wrong reason. Your heart wasn't right. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. In other words, don't go around telling everybody what you did, that thine alms may be in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. So God sees it when no one else does, no matter what you give. When God sees you do it in secret because you're doing it unto him and your heart is right, God says, I'm going to bless you openly. I read a story about Charles Spurgeon, of course, great preacher in the 1800s, and, and uh, his wife. His wife was, was very sick, but they raised chickens, Charles and Spurgeon and his wife, and they would never give away eggs from those, from those chickens. Never. They, would never. they would always say, you can have eggs if you're willing to pay for them. And, and so that's what they did. They sold these eggs all the time. And, and even family members, they would not give away the eggs. They would sell them. And so people began to label them as greedy. People began to label them as, hey, you know, you're just reaching after money. You're just grasping after things. You're covetous. You're, you're greedy. And they attacked them. People attacked the Spurgeons for, uh, for, for uh, apparently their greed. And they didn't defend themselves. They just quietly took it. And they would say, okay, if, if you want the eggs, you can have the eggs. But they come at a cost. Here's the cost. After Mrs. Spurgeon died, the truth came out. They were running a gambling operation. No, I'm kidding. They weren't. Just see if you're listening. The full story came out that everything, every bit of profit that they made from those eggs, they used to support two elderly widows in his church. Every bit of money they earned was used in that way. Now, we'll say, well, why didn't they stick up themselves? They endured that slander because they knew that God saw what they were doing. They knew that, and, and they wanted that blessing. So giving is a matter of the heart. But lastly, I want to just share this with you and we're done. Giving should come from a happy heart. Giving should come from a happy heart. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 says, Every man according, or woman is mankind, every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity, oh, I have to, for God loveth a cheerful giver. God wants your heart in it so much that you are rejoicing to be able to give. That when there's an opportunity, we say, hey folks, we have a missionary in need and they've called us, they've let us know what's going on and we want to raise some funds to help these people. That if you're able to, if you're able to, that, that you're able to give to something like that, it ought to be, I'm, I'll, be I'll be happy to give to that. 
That's what God is looking for. We should be thrilled. Why? Because we get to give something back to God after all he's given us. How selfish is it to say, I'm not giving to anybody. Look at my situation. People need to give to me when we need to realize what God has given to us. And when we have that heart, it's easier to give back. We should give because giving, when you give in a happy way, we should be happy to give because it brings happiness to you. I mean, be happy to give and you get happiness back. That's the Bible principle in Acts 20, 35. Paul said, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak. So, hey, you know, work and help support those that can't. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. What's blessed mean? Happy. So when you give happily to God with the right heart, God helps you be happy. It's an amazing principle, but it's the Bible. Someone was asked, how can you, there was a guy in the church who gave a lot. He just seemed to give so much of his income and everything to church. And someone said, how can you give so much to God? How are you even able to do that? And the man said, well, as I shovel it out, God shovels it in, and God has a bigger shovel than I have. I'm not here today to, to, to just, you know, this is just about, I want your money in the offering plate tonight before you leave. Close the doors, lock them. No, we're not, I'm not doing that. But I can't neglect to tell you what the Bible says on these issues. And it strengthens our church when people not only give financially, but when people give of their time, when people give of their effort, when people put their labor in for the work of God, when people use their talents, that is strengthening the church. What weakens the church is when people have, and you know what, it seems like the people that want to be served the most and think they're the most talented should not be serving. It's those of you who think, what could God do with me? You're the one I want because you've got the humility and the talent, and that's what God's looking for. And so I don't know what God's speaking to you about or what, you, uh, what he wants you to do, but what is God asking you to give tonight? What is God asking you to do? And then are you, are you giving what God is asking of you? Are you willing to do that, whatever it is? When you do give, is it grudgingly? Hey, I need you to serve here. Oh, again. No, we need to be giving happily. And then is your heart in the right place when it comes to giving? So just some thoughts tonight about this issue of giving. And I hope above everything that you'll realize what God is after. He's after your heart. He's after your heart. That's the important thing. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Father, we thank you for the word of God tonight. And just a quick look through scripture at some of the...